So our study yeah. indicated that 90% okay. of cats between the ages of six months yeah. and 20 years okay. have osteoarthritis. The disease. 90%. 90%. So if you, if you think about that figure, 90%, and it's six months to 20 years with cats evenly spread out across that age range, right. yeah. that means a lot of young cats yeah. have, have radiographic yes. evidence. Yes. Yes. Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hi, this is Dr. Susan Little. And Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, and this is the Purple Podcast. You made um, it. I made it. We're in our, you, you say we're in our fifth year, right? Fifth year, yes. Not 50th. No, not 50th. It felt like 50th. No, no. Okay, reflect your age with oh <laughs> okay so you're gonna make me tell a story so we were lecturing together in i think this happened in manila which a lot of things happened in manila yes right? and you were talking about you were talking about what is that disease that older women get like it's esophageal is it an esophageal or gastric? Oh, no, it's like a fatal hernia. That. And they think it's a heart attack. And, yeah, and so he's up there lecturing about it, and then he mentions that, you know, people, the big risk factor is being a, like an older woman. Adrian turns down and looks at me. What? I had to find one thing. Hello. You know, and Hello. The obvious one. But yeah. Generally, you know, anyway. Yeah. You're not old. Thank you. Exactly. You don't have a sliding hernia. Well, not yet. <laughs> you never know. know when it happens. Yeah. I'll let you know. <laughs> or if I get an insulinoma. Okay, so this goes on. This is the first podcast. We have two wonderful guests, Dr. Susan. Uh, I'm not a guest. Let's, yeah. let's focus on, on the topic uh, that is, uh, is, and we're going to talk about uh, cats. I think so. And uh, yeah, sure. How about pain. How about chronic pain? pain. Arthritis. Is, okay, so so you know, indulge me for a minute. You've heard this before. I, I have to tell you a quick story. Can we introduce our guests first before no. you? Oh, no, in a minute. I said wait. So I my for my practices. So I have two feline practices, and I have a communications manager. So we hired her the month that the pandemic went to hell. So she started in the pandemic. Anyway, she's amazing, and. Um, uh, just before BMX, she said to me, uh, do you know what was the most searched Google phrase related to health in cats? You say health in cats. What's the most, most searched? Search, what do owners search. look for the most? Work. What Work. what like condition or disease? For, I hope it was arthritis. You're so know. close. Mm-hmm. Close, but no. You're so close. Yeah. Okay. What do you have to Yes. I'm a behaviorist, so I would think it's going to be house soiling or something. Yeah. See, I said one. diarrhea. Okay, yes. okay. The answer, silencia. Oh. No way. Silencia. Wow. Yeah. You serious? I'm absolutely serious. You don't make these things up here in the podcast. I so, would. Yeah. That is fascinating. Yeah. I, would, yeah. Yeah. I would never have guessed that. See? Never. See? There you go. No. Yes. Okay. We, now, having said that, we can we can... Now I wish I'd listened to the background. So <laughs> what, what was the context of this? 
Like, where did this start? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so it's my social media manager, and she's she's really good at you know kind of researching what are trends and what's coming okay. up and what should we talk about. Okay, so we're yeah. talking about twenty. So twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two for the year. Yeah. For Google searches. Yeah. Yeah. What wow. was the most searched? I know. So we're five minutes into the podcast. We have, we have not no idea who's here. Yeah. Our guest yet. Yeah. Thanks, Doctor Susan. Yeah. Uh, can you please take the, the link here? Yes. So, so neither of you have been with us before. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. And they'll probably never will again. But, you know, we get a lot of people once. And they have <laughs> Interesting. For some reason. Interesting. Yeah. Once and never. Next time. So they can't leave, you know, we'll lock them up in the room. <laughs> For the day. Yeah, exactly. Hold them out a year later. So nice to see Right, same shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we're going to do a filter. Yeah, we'll do a filter. There's Zoom filters okay. for that. Yeah. All right. Okay. I will let you introduce yourself. You can go ahead, Duncan. Tell everybody. No, as if they need Margaret. to know. Margaret. Margaret, you can go first. Okay. I'm Margaret Gruen, and I am a veterinary behaviorist. And you are where? At North Carolina State University. Mm. Uh, how have you been there? I've been there almost five years. In my current position, I've also been there almost 20 years. Oh. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Did you graduate from there? I did not. I graduated from the University of Illinois. Okay. I went straight there and never left. Why so did you go straight there? I'm always curious. For my internship. And then yeah. I stayed for my residency. Okay. And then I stayed for my PhD. Yeah. And then I left briefly wow. to go to Duke. And then I came back. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Always interested in behavior? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We've had a couple of behaviors yeah. on the podcast, yep. but uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And what did you do with a little stint in Duke? Um, I was doing my postdoc there. So oh, cool. I was working in the, oh, I can't say the word, but an evolutionary anthropology department that studied cognition in, in a species something. not to be named. Very good. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. That is amazing. Yeah. You can use the word canine. You can say canine. Okay. The D okay. word is the one. Good. See, for us, well Duke done. is the D word. <laughs> yeah, Duke is fine. Duke well is done. Yeah, well, yes. Very, very smooth. Yes. Duncan. I'm Duncan Lascelles, and I am trained as a small animal surgeon. Right. I spend the majority of my time doing basic and clinical pain research, and I also work at NC State, North Carolina State University. Yeah. And how long have you been? 21 years and seven days. Oh, oh my gosh. You know, so February is, well, just because, you know, through whatever that, Thing is LinkedIn. Yeah, you know you're oh, reminded oh, yes. of your work anniversary. Okay. So, I'm a little impressed. I, I, actually, I actually remember Margaret as an intern. She was a very good intern. She never believed what I told her. She would come to me for advice. Oh, because okay. I was one of the surgeons, and it's that look on and, and that look on her <laughs> face when I gave her the best advice from her yes. clearly said, "Yeah, I don't believe um, you." Yeah. <laughs> so you know there is. A little bit of a divide in veterinary medicine. There's surgeons and there's everybody else. Mm-hmm. And it might have had something to do with it's that. Like, oh God, I don't know. <laughs> this is that. why it's surgeons and everybody else. I'm I just want to say that before I turn the towel, I was pointing you. So, what are you saying? Um, is that time for me to particular? But I'm guessing you can graduate from there. I didn't. I graduated from Bristol, University of Bristol in the UK. Yeah. 
Yeah. So for um, a, a long time when Tim Griffith Jones was mm. still around, mm. so I've known Tim forever. Yeah. And uh, I used to come over uh, most years and do a couple of lectures to uh, students about cats. Yeah. Yeah. When right. Tim was there. So I have a lot of, uh, um, you know, fond memories and good connections yeah. to this day with Bristol people. And right. The, yeah. And the Langford side. And, and the countryside. Yeah. 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 Great place to go. Right. It and so many great people came yes. out of Bristol. Yes. Right? It's yes. just amazing what came out of Bristol. They're always bonded over Bristol. Well, everybody, you know, if you want to see the expressions, go to the <laughs> Yeah, you're only getting half of it. <laughs> Yeah. Right, what are we talking about? Well, what whatever you doing? want. Are you, you're lecturing here, I guess. Uh, I have no? lectured, yes. You're done. I'm, yes, yeah. I'm done. Um, yep. I lectured on Sunday. Okay. So we're recording this at Western Vet Conference 2023. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's my first year back here since the pandemic. So it's been like three years, but I don't know about you, but it felt like 20 years. since. <laughs> like the time just seems so much longer than it was. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's been a long hiatus, even though yes. it's been a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Right. It feels long. Yeah. So what did you talk about here? Um, I was talking about cat OA, osteoarthritis, degenerative joint disease in cats, and um, the role of. Uh, <laughs> and we can talk about that. We will. We will. And what about you, Mark? Did you? Yes, sir? I lectured yesterday yeah. also about cat pain, but more about how we get cats into the clinic, how yeah. we oh, cool. think from the cat's point of view. And then today I did a workshop, two workshops, one on how you approach canine behavior cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one on how you approach feline behavior cases. So hands-on kind of workshops. Okay. Yes, they were fun. The, uh, the, the, through the cat's eyes, so you, you reminded me that one of the first people who really made me see that was Sheila Robertson. And you yeah. know the video she made yeah. of uh, her, from her cat's point of view, mm -hmm. right? She put the camera inside the carrier, right? And uh, uh, it's amazing what the viewpoint difference makes. Yeah. Right, you look at you see a lot of shoes when you're a cat, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. See a lot of feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So it's it's even though we can sort of intellectually say, you know, yeah, that looks different for them and us, but when you actually see it, it's really that was a big impact on me. Yeah, to see it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So it's really natural for somebody who's interested in chronic pain to work with a behaviorist, right? Yeah. No, I think so. <laughs> no, no, it, yeah, it should be, and it, uh, is, it is now, but it never used to never be. Never used to be. Right. You're I think right. That is a dramatic change You're over right. the last few years. Yes. Um, You're right. Margaret can tell us how many years, but it's relatively recent mm. that yeah, really that is. I think you know um, those, and it's particularly so on the orthopedic side. Mm. The, you know, joint disease, joint pain has been the the preserve of yes. the orthopedic community. Yes. Um, and it's only fairly recently that I think, you know, uh, people have been enlightened mm -hmm. and now there's an involvement, actually not just involvement, but behavioralists are central to these discussions right. around chronic pain management. Yeah, yep. just recognition. And yeah, recognition, understanding, and as, as Margaret so eloquently talks about in her lectures, understanding cat behavior. Mm -hmm understanding cat needs mm -hmm. and understanding how joint pain affects that. You mm -hmm. see, I have been listening to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and you were at the forefront. Really, it's always heartwarming. Recruited me in. That was, mm -hmm. I mean, Aww. no one else was 
talking about behavior. Yeah. Yeah, good on you. Retrospectively evaluated. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good choice, yeah. So talk about it. So what what do we need to watch for in feline behavior that makes us think that it might be a joint pain or pain? Or just a pain for pain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we know a lot now about what kind of the main behaviors are that change. And mm -hmm. a lot of it is really about how they do their behaviors. So mm -hmm. they don't... You know, we do see their activity slow down and we do right. see maybe changes in their activity, but it's really in how, you know, you think about how cats move so smoothly, how they leap up and leap down and that all shifts. And, you know, if, if owners are looking for cats stopping doing those things, then we've missed a lot of the yeah. earlier progression. Yeah. So yeah. understanding how they reach down before they jump down or how they hesitate before jumping up, not clearing the jump, all yeah. of those things are really important and yeah evaluating cats for yep. pain and yep. it's different from how you would evaluate it in the lesser species at the, letter, the other the uh, lesser species yeah. this podcast we can say <laughs> but then but then beyond beyond activities being performed and how activities are being performed mm -hmm. there are other behavioral mm -hmm. effects aren't there in terms yeah. of demeanor mm -hmm. and, tolerance right. of handling tolerance Ooh, of interactions yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in and out of the litter box getting in and out of the litter box yeah well i think a um, based on my you know, own client base, I think um, a good number of people notice it, but they don't know what they don't know, right? Yeah. So it's useless for me to ask that client, do you think your cat is painful? Because they don't right. know what well, they're, they yeah. notice it, but they don't, they don't, they don't think anything of it. They think about, they probably say it's old age. So if they think anything, old. that's what they think, mm -hmm. right? So it, it had me change how I enter that conversation, right? Because now I believe it's useless to ask if you think your cat's in pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Acute pain, most people can yeah. recognize that. They don't right? walk on it, yeah. Recognize. Again? If they don't walk on it, you recognize the problem? It could be. <laughs> However, if you're waiting for cats to be lame to say they're arthritic, that's a problem too, right? I think that's a really, really important point mm. to pick up on. So mm. in veterinary medicine, we think of lameness yes. as not using a limb. Yes. The definition of lameness is actually gait abnormality, but it pertains to the whole animal. But we think yeah. of lameness as not using a limb, yeah. and we Limping. think of osteoarthritis mm. as being shown by lameness. But yeah. Cats do not show that yep. offloading the single limb, Definitely. partly because they have many joints affected at right. one time. That's and a good point, gonna, right? Yeah, you're yeah. not going to see yeah. that individual yeah. limb problem. If there's one, there's oh, more. Oh, 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 oh. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Please watch the video for, for that. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, well done. Well done. Now we should we should talk a little bit about how common this this condition is. We should because I think that is still um, it's still under recognized even amongst veterinary professionals, right? I think if you yeah. do a poll, uh, yeah. most people will miss that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think. Well, you can tell me because you guys talk about this. But I, whenever um, you know, I'm talking with a, a veterinarian about an older cat and. Uh, we say this in my practice too. So by the time a cat is like 10-ish and they come in, they have arthritis until proven otherwise. That's how I tell my yeah. people to look at it, right? So what Don't is the make... exact number? 
Well, depends. I would, well, yeah, it depends on, on the study you look at. But um, let's, let's break it down into two components. Mm. The disease of osteoarthritis, mm -hmm. just the disease, yeah. the organic disease, yeah. somewhere between 60 and 90% of all cats wow. have that somewhere in the skeleton. Mm -hmm. Okay, So in a given time, 60 to 90% of all cats. Even at any age. Yeah, between the ages of, well, that's as a, a cat population between the ages of six months and 20 years. Wow. So it's also quite prevalent in younger cats. Mm. The disease, now you are surprising me. The disease of osteoarthritis. No. Okay. No. no. happens very often. Mm. That you surprise doctors. <laughs> no, 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 I'm surprised people. every day. Yeah. <laughs> really. Not always good ways, but still. Right. So. No, really, that surprises me. Yeah, well, that's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. And then if you layer on top of that, okay, um, how many of those cats have pain associated with the osteoarthritis? You're looking at about 45% of all cats with radiographic osteoarthritis also have pain. So right. overall, 50. yeah, 50 50. Yeah. Overall, you're looking at about 40% of the cat population. Wow. Now, younger cats do have osteoarthritis associated pain, and mm -hmm. it's quite common, but that, that you mentioned 10 years of age, that's a perfect number because there are no cats. That are ten years older who don't. Who don't. Yeah. Who don't. So that's a hundred percent right here. Yeah, and that's where you found that kind of real increase in the pain yes. scores as well, right? Yes. So at the age of so 10, that's cut off. pain scores really yeah. jump up. At the age of ten, the the ability to jump up and jump down really drops off. Right. Yeah. So you have never had a cat older, like at fifteen, that you did all your tests on and was normal. Correct. Zero. I cannot remember. Wow. Ever seeing a cat that's amazing at that age right. that was normal that did not have joint pain, right. and that has actually been a bit of a problem when we're trying to do case control. Yeah, it would be. You got no controls. No. Yeah. And so our controls are all these young. Oh, cats. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, so I need to get my head around. This. Yeah, so from okay. six months to twenty years, so forty the disease. If you, if you think about that figure, 90 percent, and it's six months to 20 years with cats evenly spread out across that age range. Right. Yeah. That means a lot of young cats yeah. have, have radiographic right. evidence. Yes. Yes. So but I, radiographs. I have a question before we go, before we go to the radiographs. I know, but I always do that. So, but uh, because of this, the question is why? Because I would ask you, know, you have a, a, a lot of species, yeah. and I think I cannot remember one species that has a 90% chance of during the life stage or 100% at a certain age. So why cats? I think that's a really good question. I think um, you, you, know, you have to layer on here the fact that the study we did was in North America, mm -hmm. was in North Carolina, right. um, indoor cats, oh, indoor possibly yeah. overfed. Okay. Particularly early on in life, right. and so I think I'm just mentioning that as one thing right. because I think you know obesity early on in life. I think I don't have strong mm. evidence for mm. it is a potential mm. driver of osteoarthritis, right. and then potentially the indoor lifestyle. I mean, I think you know we're taking cats and putting them in a in an abnormal environment. Right. Why the indoor lifestyle though? Do you mean yeah. like limited range of motion, think, limited? Limited activity, yes. opportunities. Yeah, limited vertical. Yeah, space. a limited vertical. Space. If you would take yeah. an outside population compared to yeah, the inside no. population, then you would expect to. You, there might be a need to do that. Study. Yes, we do need to do that well, study. Yeah. I um, yeah. so heard it first here on the podcast. <laughs> my brother lives in Spain, right? Yeah. And I really want to look at that wild cat population Absolutely. in Spain, right? Yeah. 
Yep. So what about cat mummies too? You need to see like, how far back does this go? But I'm I'm not gonna take entire credit for it though, because um uh one of my one of my best friends is probably I think the world's best feline genetics expert, Leslie Lyons. Yes. She's a dear friend of mine. And so she had a National Geographic Explorer grant to go to Egypt and get um, DNA samples, cheek swab samples, like from street cats. Right. And so when I heard this, I said, but you need a veterinarian. You can't do that without a veterinarian. Yes, of course. Yeah, so I talked yes. my way onto the Nat Geo team and, and we went. Um, and so so we were looking at street cats, but um, uh, she also sampled mummies because cat mummies are a dime a dozen okay. in a lot of Egypt. Right. And I know at least one veterinary dent, dentist, dent, dentical, right. uh, dentistry uh, journal has published articles on looking at the teeth. Okay. Of uh, so, in other words, our tooth resorptive lesions yeah, yeah. That, were they as common in you know uh, Egyptian times as they are today? And the answer is pretty close. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So what is it? Yes. Okay. I need to do that. I know yeah. a person in mommies. Egypt that is the cat expert, so okay. cat mommy expert. We need to link you with that person then. Um, I just think that's intriguing, isn't it? Right. It is. No, there you go. It is. There you go. Yeah. This is what I think about. Yeah. Yeah. Be a nature arbiter. Yeah. yeah. Think about it. So, yeah. All right. Um, from the cat mommy, the radiograph. Right. Right. So I have two questions. So the younger cats. Okay, sorry. Thank you. It's the end. I don't care. I don't care. Go on. Go, go on. on. You question. know I'm going to do it anyway. So just let me go. So, so more younger cats than we expect have radiographic lesions of osteoarthritis. That's correct. That's correct. Why, so does that mean we have to rethink our ideas about the etiology of osteoarthritis, right? Because we tend to think a lot of wear and tear. But if you're two years old. I think that's true. Um, and honestly, we, we know very little about the etiology of osteoarthritis yeah. in yeah. cats. We're kind of fooling yeah. ourselves. If we yes. Do, yeah. And um, I think you're, you're spot yeah. on. We need to be looking at drivers that are yeah. active. Early on, early clearly, yeah, clearly. I have a theory. Can I put put it down? I had no. I had a second part yep. to my question, yeah, and I'm getting it in. This is part of this go. question. So the 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 theory is that if you look at athletes, and the the population of athletes are top top we, athletes, we, like we have one so yeah. so that that put a lot of strain on their joints and that sort of thing. So I I would believe that. Their chance of injury of the joints and osteoarthritis is higher than the normal population. Just saying. Cats are athletes too. Well, I mean, they, they don't all get the chance though. I mean, yeah. that's probably the indoor environment piece. Yeah, but I mean, I, I wonder if repetitive stress or um, injury is mm -hmm. part of this. Because when you're young, you are jumping as a cat. I mean, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. And you jump, you know, if, if I would jump from there to down, it's just like 15 stories almost. I think that's plausible. However, wouldn't that be a serious design flaw? Yeah. Right. Yes. See? Evolutionarily. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. It depends a little bit on, you know, surfaces and, and you know, in the original isolated the forest. No, out in the forest, no, the in the forest or out out in the in the, the desert area where there's a lot of sand and you know, you I'm not totally sure what what, okay. what, what right. so I think you need to look at because that's the second that interesting the thing. No, now you have to go back to like cheetahs or something like that that right. are still in that environment. Yeah. Do they have as much 
osteoarthritic disease. Um, because I think it's the environment that, that has a big role. Because if you jump on hard surfaces, that's totally different from... But it's that's already have one major design flaw. They outlive their kidneys like all the time, yeah. right? So why would they have two major design flaws? Because they're end stage, so they have like a hundred <laughs> Okay, so my other question. <laughs> Moving on. So the radiograph part of your of your story intrigues me because I have always felt like radiographs alone miss a lot of cases. And I agree with that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We go back to the behavior, though. Yeah, but I, I'm thinking of um, uh, pertinent to that population. So the numbers you're quoting are probably an underestimate. Would that be fair to say? Because you were basing it only on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think. I think. Yeah. I no, think, no. The oh, okay. I think um, it's an under, it, it's an underestimation of the burden of um, osteoarthritis pain yeah. because. There are many cats with osteoarthritis that are not showing radiographic signs right. that have pain. And in our study, we took a very conservative approach okay. to be labeled as a cat with osteoarthritis pain. Yeah. You have to have radiographic evidence okay. right. and pain superimposed on top of that. Okay. And as Margaret can attest to, when we run these studies, we often screen cats that clearly have joint pain. You've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so don't have radiographic changes. So does that mean the younger cats in that study had to have pain and Correct. radiographic changes at the same time? Yes. Holy Toledo. Yes. All right. So we're at the end of the first podcast now, seriously. And I have, a starting. I have so many question questions for you. Um, so if 50% of all cats in the world have pain, okay. I'm a veterinarian, I get a cat in, what do I look for? And you don't have to answer it right now. Uh, we'll do that it's next coming week. right on. That's exactly it. Tune so, in right. next time. Yes, yes, yes because it's, <laughs> I don't think that as a veterinarian, when I was still in clinical practice, I thought of the fact that one out of two cats that came into my office had pain. You're sick. And I should have thought about that. <laughs> I should have listened to Duncan a little better. I, you know, normally ignore him, but now <laughs> I, 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 I do have to I've say, seen the light. Although he's a surgeon, you're not an orthopod in any way. So we'll give you a bit of uh, leeway on that one. He is. So you have to be careful. Oh, I'm not talking about Are you calling Yoli a lesser surgeon? Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. So, all right. What's this? We encourage people to come back next week. Yeah. And we'll yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And Dr. Susan is going to tell our audience where they can find more information. Yeah, because we do it every time. Uh, because you're so good at it. In the middle of an asthma attack recently. Yeah. Okay. I'm not having an asthma attack right now, so we're okay. So you can find us at perpodcast.net. And when I do have the website up to date. Is that one hour or two hours? Two. You should know two hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. You'll find a list of our guests and you'll have uh, links to the podcasts. And uh, you can find us on social media at perpodcast in pretty much any podcast app that you like, you will find us. You can download this for free. That's the nice thing. It is nice. So, yes. And we have wonderful guests. Yeah. Like these two yeah. people. And we're hysterical. And we're hysterical. Yes. Yes. That's, we'll have um, to explain that in the future. Um, the next episode. There's a story. There's, there's a story. You know, cats in pain and, and his, his, well, hysteria. Well, I'm hysterical. Yeah. Hysteria. Yeah. It's, it's hysteria. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's it. All that's right. It. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. 
Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at Cat Pet Susan. Dr. Yerla Kirpenstein is a diplomat of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GBE. TSX. This episode is made possible by the generous sponsorship of the Take the Pledge Against Struvites in Pets Facebook page. Did you know there are three easy steps to treat bladder stones in cats with lower urinary tract signs? Step one is to take a radiograph, and if there is a stone present in the bladder, step two is to use the Minnesota Urolith app for iPhone and Android to determine the most likely type of stone. Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Join veterinarians worldwide to take the pledge not to remove struvite stones by surgery anymore. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page at per podcast.